0: Well, hello everybody, welcome to our special open house for our Market Outlook membership for May 25th, 2020. Before we get going, we would like to remind you that this presentation is for educational purposes only. We are not broker-dealers or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations also please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial and make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades if we discuss any trades today assume they are hypothetical computer simulated trades and results unless otherwise stated and keep in mind that live results can vary from simulated results for many many different reasons so let's move on here Uh, Just a couple of announcements first of all uh, let you know our membership is open for June for all our membership levels and since we have a lot of people here on from that are new that aren't usual. Usual people on the Market Outlook just want to mention what our membership levels are. We have something called the Guidelines Options Membership, which covers guidelines trades. That's called the Go Membership. That is open. And we also have this Market Outlook Membership that you're on right now that we're having the open house for. And that's going to be usually Sunday nights, but it's Monday because of the holiday. We also have what we call a Trading Performance Membership. Trading Performance Membership goes over trading psychology. It's for any type of trader. It's relative to that. And then we have our pro membership, which includes everything plus, uh, you know, the, the go membership, the um, trade performance membership, the market look membership, and all the extra stuff that we have for pro. So uh, all those memberships are open now. Also, we're having a sale this month on the ultimate income trader workshop. And that's going to be ending june 1st at midnight and for those of you who don't know what ultimate income trader workshop is about it's about trade planning so rather than going in and saying i'm going to trade i don't know an m3 every month and uh, just hope that it works out ultimate income trader is about analyzing the market through technical analysis implied volatility analysis and then creating trades or trading strategies that are built specifically for that particular cycle it's a very complete comprehensive program so anybody interested in training in that manner then that's what the ultimate income trader is for and you go to the website lockingyoursuccess.com you can check that out all right so anybody who would like to post questions ahead of time if you're a member you can come in and you go to your forums in the membership and you just go to the uh, market outlook weekly webinar and respond to the date that uh, is posted here so will post each meeting each month and just reply to that topic and we can look at those and get those answered for you speaking of that I did not look immediately before the meeting, so something was just placed in there and we may not get to, and I apologize for that. Uh, Unless, Sherry, if you're there, you can, uh, if you could take a look and see if there's anything in that, let me know. Uh, Otherwise, uh, if you have any questions for, uh, during the webinar, you can go into your control panel and please type them into the questions, not into the chat, because I watch the questions, and we uh, we can answer whatever questions you have. All right, so let's move forward and we'll talk about what we do here. So this membership, the Market Outlook membership, is essentially for any trader or trading style that trades the indexes and operates in a time frame between, I'd say, about a week and probably three months. It's not geared towards day traders, it's not geared towards long-term investors, it's geared for people who are in that one-week to three-month range. Okay, um, we, we talk about support, resistance, trends and cycles on multiple timeframes within the four major indexes. We also do some, what we call cross-index analysis. We can compare them to one another because what one index is doing will give us clues on what the other ones may do and you know how much of a conviction we might take in a particular direction or a particular price movement. We also take a look at implied volatility and implied volatility skews to uncover all the clues that uh, we need to determine or at least make an educated decision about our trading. So let's take a look and we'll start at the SPX and I'm gonna talk a little bit about the past because again, we have a lot of newer people here who don't join us every week so over the last several weeks we've been what we call sideways to mildly bullish on the general drift or general direction of the uh, spx index in particular and we've been pretty much getting that right we've been I uh, i say we've been sideways essentially since the middle of april here and we've been in a very wide range so the bottom of our range that I would expect to trade in is gonna be right around the 27.20 area. And the top of our range should be the top of this past range right in here, which is gonna be about the 3,030 area. Now, I'd also like to point out, we have a uh, important level up here too, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but that's what we've been talking about in the past. Last week, or the week before last week, we got a substantial down move from near the top of this range down to near the bottom of the range. Not that big of a surprise. We essentially had the same bottom as we had back here. In the beginning of May, we penetrated that intraday, but really the closing low was uh, was relatively the same as it was there. And then we put in a nice bullish candle pattern here, bullish three candle pattern. So our expectations were essentially that we would probably come up and at least hit the top of this range, which is, was at what about uh, 2960, which we happened to do in one day. We happened to do on Monday, and from there we just kind of consolidated here and we went slightly higher. So no really big surprises here, and our longer term, you know, say, uh, you know, one two month time frame move continues to be sideways to slightly bullish. Because we keep pushing a little bit higher, um, and one of the things we talk about here too is uh, the you know we all have trading strategies, and if we understand our trading strategies well, then we realize that there's a certain price range that they, they do well in. In other words, if the index stays within a certain range, and it depends on if you're trading a strategy that's open to one side or directional or is completely neutral, but um, you know, what a lot of people do is they put on a strategy or they have a trading strategy. They trade every uh, particular cycle and then they try and fit their technical analysis so that the strategy works out. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago and that's kind of backwards. What we want to do is we want to just take a look at what the market's doing. And if the market happens to be making these really big moves or is giving us indications we're gonna be in a really wide range, then we're in really really wide range so it's not your job to try and you know um hope that the the technical stay within the, the parameters of your trading strategy the idea is to say oh this is the parameters the market's likely to be in what can we do for a trading strategy that is going to fit those parameters and Really, that's going to be the secret to your success longer term trading is if you can consistently do that, then it keeps you out of trades that are likely to be problematic in any given time frame and that type of thing. And another thing I'd like to mention, too, is sometimes we're going to look at the technicals and we are gonna look at some other things. And there's going to be some very, very strong conviction in where we think the market's going to go. So sometimes, you know, we have all four indexes coming into a level. We have you know, a, a solid trend in place. We have implied volatility skews that match up and we're looking at the general news environment. And when we get all those things that line up, we can take a very strong conviction in a certain direction and we can set price pattern targets and we can get a real good idea where it's going. And there's other times in the market where everything is mixed and we have no freaking idea where everything's going. And I think it's important that you understand that as a trader as well. And we can adjust our trading sizes uh, and, and, uh, you know, whether we want to take on a particular direction and, our, and how we want to manage our risk and how we might want to change our adjustments within our strategy based on what type of conviction we have on where the market may be going. Now, in this environment, and I talked about this last week, we don't have a lot of conviction in the very short term. The market is very, very news sensitive right now. You know, if something comes out that the virus is going to be worse than expected and everything's going to be shut down or or one of our uh, trials fails, right, one of the drug trials fails, then that is taken, uh, the the market's reacting pretty severely to that. And therefore, it's very, very challenging in this environment to call our short-term moves. And we just want to be aware of that. Um, But in general, the market is doing um, or staying Right now, in a particular range, and the breakouts to the upside at this point have been relatively mild, but the reversals at these support points have been very very strong, as have been the down moves when they decide to go down so the best we can really do is understand we are going to be in a really big range and you know I'd be a little cautious going in close into expiration unless you're you know unless you're specifically trading that way because any news event could throw something out. Um, Uh, And keep your risk levels at a a little bit lower now than normal, and that's just because of the unpredictability of the market at this point. Now that said, let's look what happened last week, and we're going to take a look at the SPX first. Then we typically look at the NDX, and then we'll look at the SPX, and then we'll look at the Russell, and um, we'll kind of compare them together to see if we can get any solid conviction on where the market might be going. So at this point here, we had a and I'm just going to go. Let's just go and we'll take a look at the 90-day time frame for a minute. So, for those of you who don't know, I really like the 90-day time frame for a lot of our uh, the income trades. People that do the uh, income trading with condors and broken wing butterflies and stuff like that. 90 days is really good. Sometimes the daily charts you miss things, and sometimes if you go to the weekly charts, then that's just too far out. Um, you can see a lot of things a lot of times in this chart. And you can see how sideways the market actually has been since what uh, back here in well, about the 10th of April. We've been very, very sideways in the, ND, uh, in the SPX. Now, we did have a breakout slightly higher than the high, but it's not what I would really call a breakout because there's really not a whole lot of power behind it. It just kind of came close to the previous highs and is kind of trending sideways in that area. So I certainly wouldn't call that a breakout as of yet, but we are higher highs than we have been since before the crash. And again, we have the top of our range up here at 3,030. And I'm just gonna go back to the daily for a minute. If we go back to the daily, it would be perfectly normal and logical for us to come up to this level. It would also be perfectly logical for us to come down into uh, the 2730. So that's a pretty wide range that we have. But one of the things you can watch for an early breakdown is you can watch essentially the trend of, in other words, we can stick a trend line in here from low to low and we can say, well, any pullback is probably gonna come back and come back here to this trend line down here, which is also around our 50% um, retracement. So let me explain the 50% retracement for those of you who haven't been here. Um, what we do is we, uh, we do Fibonacci's and when we do our technical analysis, we're looking at price cycles, we're looking at support and resistance levels. We also take a look at Fibonacci's. We take a look at most of the common um, technical Type of things that that you know, directional traders tend to use. Uh, we use that we we use the information a little bit differently because we're because a lot of us are income trading, but we also have some directional traders in the in the club here too. So um, so we do talk about that a little bit as well. But um, basically, we take the the top of the market, we go to the bottom of the market, and I'm going to take a little crayon here. We take the top of the market, which was let me change the color of that and color is yellow so we take essentially the top of the market which is here and the bottom of the market which is down here and usually important levels are 50 percent retracement Um, most of the indexes came back and to their 50% level and they consolidated a little bit in the 50% area, which is this, which the SPX did. And then it came up to the 61.8 and that's been acting as resistance to that point. The next point is 78.6 level, which is up here. And it's also the top of this cup pattern. So this right here is actually a very important level for the index. It's probably gonna act as resistance even if we break this range. So this range right here has, uh, is an important range for the index and it's setting up again as an important range for the index here. So a breakout of this range in general is substantial, but because we have this level here, I would expect the market, if we do break out over the top of this range in here, that we are going to likely stall out in this area. And this just gives more credence to my general thought that yeah, we might drop back down again in here, but more than likely, this 50% area is probably gonna hold and we're probably gonna make a run for right up in here. Not necessarily this week, but that's my thought essentially on the market, is we're still gonna be drifting sideways, slightly bullish on the SPX. And that looks like the most likely thing that's gonna happen. Of course, bad news will change that. So let me erase all that mess and go back to my arrow here. okay, so that is uh that's essentially my thought on this. Of course, if we start getting a if we get a, a solid breakdown of the fifty percent, I would expect this area down in here to hold, and that's what about, around around twenty seven hundred This should act as support. if this doesn't act as support, right, then we're probably coming down here to twenty four thirty four There's no indication uh, of that at this point, but that is my thought regarding. what the next what the next breakdown will be if we if we break start breaking down under 2670 we're likely very very likely to come down to 2434 of course we have an early warning sign of breaking this solidly this 50% Fibonacci so we're going to start to get concerned after that until that point I'm not concerned about the market going down too far and um again, we're, we're likely to creep up. So that's my thoughts on the SPX. So let's take a, actually, we can take a quick look at the long-term time frame. although it's not really telling us anything right now, but we do like to look at the weeklies. This is our important consolidation period. This is um, the top of our range. This was the, what I see is the top of the next, our next important resistance level, about 31 50 you can see it doesn't look that important actually on a weekly chart so that's more of a daily time frame move and for those of you who haven't been around um, us with technical analysis our theory is that our long-term time frames hold a lot more power than our short-term time frames so you're going to have support and resistance levels on short-term time frames and long-term time frames the ones in the shorter term tend to be less significant Uh, And The ones on the longer term tend to be more significant, and if we have them both on the longer and the shorter term time frame, they tend to be very, very significant. So here, um, uh, as far as a breakout, we actually did have a bit of a breakout here. I mean, like I said, I don't consider it a strong enough breakout to call it on myself, but it is still a higher high. If we set a price pattern target for this breakout, what we do for that is we measure the 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 pattern here, which we have a cut pattern right here, which broke higher. And that gives us a price pattern target right here, right at this purple area. And if we did, if we we put in the Fibonacci for the, hold on a second, Um, we put in the Fibonacci for this, at the 78.6, Right you see that lines right up with the same area, so this here is a substantial area in the index it should stall it at the thirty one thirty so multiple reasons for that, okay, so let's go back and take a look at the n d x so the n d x has been our leader, and it is um, one of the things we we're talking about is we we're watching a break higher than this area right here, and I'll zoom in, we're looking for this to break higher here, and we did, we broke out of this essentially on, uh, we'll call it Wednesday, we retested support on Friday, and we bounced off of that, so let's back out, back out again a little bit, so if we put a price pattern target, which is, this is the blue, right, so we took a Fibonacci, we went from the, from the the bottom of the cup to the top of the cup and that essentially comes out right at previous highs which makes perfect sense that's usually how the market sets up all right so um we did have an important i I called an important point right here at the red area uh, where we're at now which is at 9500 of course when we broke out of here we hit the 9500 we kind of backed off of it uh, This is gonna be an early warning sign that the market's gonna break down is if this little mini breakout fails. So if this little mini breakout fails and comes back down, it's gonna make it more likely the other indexes are gonna follow along. So if you look at the SPX, it really didn't have any kind of a substantial breakout. It's just kind of drifting higher. This isn't all that substantial either, but it's decent, right? It's reasonable. And it came back at retested support. And particularly if this bounces tomorrow, if it comes back down and starts breaking uh, this area here at uh, what is it? Not, but little under 9,300, we start breaking down under that. It's going to bring the other indexes down towards their support levels. Okay, so that's going to be the first warning sign that um, we're going to be coming down. You know, we're going to cycle down again. Again, it's not super bearish. It's just short-term cycle down is going to start with this breaking its level. And of course, if this breaks higher. If we come in here we start breaking higher here, NDX is going to all time highs and uh, almost without a doubt. And that is going to bring us, uh, and once we get there, it's likely we're gonna stall there. So again, what we'll do is we'll, we'll compare the where this index is at its support and resistance levels to the SPX and the Dow and also the Russell and we're gonna look for them to come into support and resistance areas at the same time. Okay, they might not all be going up and down at the same time and they may not all be breaking out at the same time, but they generally hit the same, their resistance points and their support points at the same time. So what we're gonna be looking for that. And again, if we break higher here, we're probably going to all time highs. And once we get there, we're probably gonna stall and you can compare that to the other indexes. And this is the leader by the way. So this is the leading index to the upside. The Dow is much weaker. We again, put it in a cup here. We broke out of that cup, but our previous high is right here. So this is the range that I'm expecting in the Dow. So up to what, 25.20 down to 22.675. Is has been the range and is the expected range for a short period of time. A breakout of this range, you can, again, put in a price pattern target, should bring us to about 27,550. You'd also tie that in with the, this high here, which is uh, 27,102. So any kind of a breakout of this area should bring the Dow, up into that area about 27 something. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think we might break out over that area, but I I think, um, you know, we're just marking these points out to see if the market's acting strongly or not. So we're gonna come in, we're gonna set a price pattern and then we're gonna set a price pattern target. Now, if the market's bullish, really strong, we should be hitting our price pattern targets with upside breakouts. If the market is breaking down, we should be hitting our downside, price pattern targets with downside breakouts. If we're not going anywhere, if we're breaking out and we're not going anywhere, we're only getting halfway to the target, that's a sign of weakness. If we're getting a quarter of the way to the target, that's a sign of extreme weakness. So, um, so we wanna keep that in mind and we'll have to watch this breakout. If it just kind of breaks out and, and flops like the SPX did uh, last week, then that's not really telling us anything. But if it starts to really go, uh, which I don't think it will, by the way, because what's gonna happen is if this breaks out, the NDX is gonna hit all-time highs. It's gonna st- stall all four indexes. And this is gonna be a weak breakout here. That's generally how they interact with each other. So that's what I'd watch. It's really, um, so there's really nothing particularly to watch on the, on the uh, Dow. We're kind of watching the NDX right now uh, as a primary leader in either direction. And then if we go over to the Russell here, we are um, looking at about the same thing. You know, we kind of backed off. The Russell broke its short-term area, right? So um, you notice the SPX stalled at its, if we go to the, the SPX, was show. SPX stalled at a 61.8 Fibonacci retracement. And we have the same thing in the Russell, we have the 100% move down, we have the 50, the 38.2 retracement, the 50% retracement. This initially stalled at the 38.2 when the SPX was consolidating at the 50. When the SPX broke out to the 68, okay, this broke out to the 50. Um, when the SPX dropped to its 50, I would have expected this to drop to its 38.2, it dropped a little bit lower, but we had a more primary support level Marked out, which is right in here on this gray box. And had this broken down into the gray box, then that would probably have pulled the other indexes down with it, but it didn't. So it came back and it pulled down, but it hit its primary support level here and we bounced. So again, that was a bullish sign in the marketplace. This is a nice bullish candle at a strong support level and a moving average, right? So we have multiple um, areas of support. um, congregating in one area and then we have bullish candle really bullish candle pattern off of that not a surprise we got a big move up I was surprised at the magnitude of the move but not surprised you got a big move up last week on Monday that um, went and again we just we're just back up to retesting near the top of this area um, I would expect going forward the Russell stays underneath this trend line if it drops or if it goes over that trend line, if it breaks back over it again. So basically you get a trend line that breaks, it should act as resistance on, on the reversal on the way up. If it does not, that's an indication the market is being much, much stronger than expected. And that's very, very bullish. Here it's just kind of acting normally. We broke down under, we hit the backside of the trend line and we're walking the back side of the trend line. That's completely normal. Um, very likely that when the NDX hits all time highs, that, um, and the SPX goes up to the level that we were talking about, then this is likely to, to test the bottom side of this consolidation, which is in blue, and is uh, what, about 1460-ish. So if we break out on the NDX, this, this is probably where this is going, right up in this area. And I wouldn't even go necessarily all the way to 1460. We have a substantial area right in here that is that should act as a resistance area. So this is pretty substantial. We may drift up into it, but we should definitely stall right around uh, here for a little bit. Again, if we start breaking up over this, that it's extremely bullish. You're probably gonna see the SPX run for all time highs if the Russell actually gets to that point. But basically the Russell has been what we call reactive. So a lot of times we'll have a leading index and we'll have a reactive index. The Russell has been what we call a reactive index. And what that means is essentially when it looks like the markets are gonna go down, the Russell is breaking its support points as it did here. You know, when the SPX came down and tested the 50, this didn't go to the 38.2 like it should have done. It dropped all the way down to its next support level. Okay, that's an overreaction. There was no other index that broke a support level, it was only the Russell. So you know, if you're trading the Russell and you see this breakdown and you look at the other three indexes and they're all, they're all holding support, you know the Russell's, you know, the Russell's either, either being the leader or it's being over reactionary. And if you've been watching the Russell over the last six months or year, it's been reactionary. And then what happens with a reactionary index, and if you think of a, a car, right, that goes into a slide, okay, car goes into a slide, you make a nice, smoothly steer into the turn, and then you smoothly steer out, car stays under really nice control. But when you overreact, what happens is you start to slide, and you turn it too far, and then you notice you're going too far one way, and then you turn it too far the other way, and then it slides the other way, and you get to this thing where you're zigzagging back and forth. That's kind of what the Russell's doing, is overreacting to the other indexes. So when um, we're getting these breakdowns, when the market looks like when the SPX looks like it's gonna drop out, we're getting every, we're getting like panic selling in the in the Russell. And then as soon as it turns around and the other indexes bounced off their support levels, the Russell panics the other way. And that's what happened here. We had almost we, I think that may have even been a record up move in the Russell that we got last week. We actually hit limit up in the um, limit up in the futures before open on Monday. And that's just classic of what the Russell's been doing. It's been classically overreacting recently. Okay, so our resistance level in the Russell right now, at least in the short term, is going to be here. Right, but again, that's going to be on our short-term charts. If you were to look at an hourly, you can kind of see that this is our resistance area here. That said, our more primary resistance is actually up in this area here. So I wouldn't necessarily take a breakout of this area as anything overly strong. Uh, I think if we go to all time highs, the Russell's gonna try to overreact and it's probably gonna try to come up into the 1430 area. Uh, That wouldn't be a surprise at all. If again, we continue up and we don't get any bad news uh, out, out into the marketplace. So that's my thought essentially on the indexes we're still the same thing. We're generally sideways to bullish, realizing we are at the top of the range. So, you know, it looks like at least from the futures here that the markets, I mean, this could change overnight, of course, right? We could be down in the morning, but assuming we open up and we gap up tomorrow morning, like it appears to right now, we're probably gonna gap over these highs and we're probably gonna maybe go a little bit higher from there and from there um, later in the week, I would expect a down cycle. And I think the down cycle is going to be more mild than it has been. So, our next trend line for a down cycle in the Russell is going to be here, All right? So, this was our old trend line here. We broke down. Now it's acting as a resistance. Now our next down move, this trend line here, should act as support. On that, if it breaks down again, the market's a little bit weaker than we think, or it's breaking down, it's getting weaker. If it holds, then uh, again, that's that's gonna be bullish, even though we come back. All right, so that's what we have there. Quickly look at the VIX. So one of the things we do on the VIX is, uh, so for those of you who uh, are, again, haven't been around here, this line, and I'm gonna represents, This line right here represents the speed at which the VIX dropped after the 2008 crash, right? So we had the 2008 market crash and we hit a peak and then the VIX dropped at this level up here. And what I'm doing is I'm comparing this recovery from an implied volatility standpoint to, the 2008 crash to look for indications is this going to get as bad as the 2008 crash is it less less than the 2008 crash um or whatever so far it's been much less so the recovery has been much more consistent much faster than the 2008 crash and to me that's bullish in the marketplace we also at the same time we're also monitoring the downtrend line, the general downtrend line in the um, in the implied volatility as the market settles out and as long as we're staying under trend line and this is just like support and resistance in a regular chart, uh, but I'm using this as a resistance area here, and when we break over that, that is when the market is starting you know going from say an uptrend we'd expect it to start to go sideways at that point. And we can use this break here as a warning sign that things may be starting to change. And like I said, we've been changing to a sideways trend. So you can kind of see that in here as well. Um, once we break this, this line to the upside, we would expect the trend line to act as support with any kind of a down move, which we kind of did here, right? It kind of supported us. If we break that back down underneath that, then that means the implied volatility is dropping faster than expected, and that tends to be bullish. And when we break out over these trend lines, then that can be, tend to be maybe a little bit bearish, at least in the short term. And we kind of compare this to the charting and see if everything lines up and everything's making sense. Um, So right now, everything is. One of the things we would want to do now that we've done this, right, now we have a support area in purple, and then we, we take another one from here and if I get this a little bit closer to our new high, and if we start breaking, so part of the thing is is when the market starts, if it comes down again, or the live ball volatility starts breaking this new trend line, again, that's a little bit bearish for the market, okay? So that's just another indication that we can use. So we're looking at multiple things at the same time. We're looking at everything together as a form of confirmation. So if we get a breakdown and we get a break up in this trend line, again, that's kind of confirmation that we're gonna be a little bit short-term in the bearish department, of course. We're watching this level up in here too. But that is the VIX, everything's normal. We essentially have a little bit of a support level in the VIX right here too. And with an up move, if we're gonna be bullish, so if we get an up move in the market and we wanna be bullish, so in other words, you get a break of resistance and um, one of the indicators on whether or not this that, that uh, breakout is likely to hold is if this VIX actually breaks down from an implied volatility standpoint. So in other words, if we get a breakout in the SPX to the upside and the VIX does not break down under this level here, at what, 25.6, that's gonna tend to question the breakout, it's not confirming the breakout. So that's, again, another thing that we just kind of keep an, our eye on. Um, all right, so let's just go to the RVX really quickly. We'll take a look at implied volatility skews, I'll let everybody go. Same thing here with the with the RVX, right? This is the 2008 down, tr- um, downtrend on the RVX. Comparatively, we're not even close to what 2008 was, so it's it's dropping off in implied volatility a lot faster. Of course, we had that little kick down or break of support um, the other week, and we broke out over this. That confirms essentially our bearishness, but the other indexes didn't confirm it, but our implied volatility did. Now we're coming in and we're testing this trend line as support and so far it's acting that way again we break down under that trend line that tends to be a bullish sign in the markets so we're just kind of keeping an eye on keeping an eye on that that may not necessarily be relevant when we get down in here and we just have chop in the RVX or the VIX but certainly when we've had a spike and we're on our way down or if we are on our way up we can do the same thing right so we can do we can For example, when the market was crashing, um, you know, we were looking differently. We were looking more um, over here when the market's crashing. And this here, when we broke down under this level on the RVX, for example, then that is a bullish signal in the market, likely indicating that we are um, probably bottomed out and we can kind of do the same thing in the opposite direction. So let me remove that. And quick look at product depth and implied volatility skew curves. If we look at the SPX here, and I'm just gonna go in, and what we check here is just to see if the market's in backwardation and to see what the skew curves look like according to uh, each other. And we're looking at our June and our July implied volatility skew curves this is at the money where you see the uh, difference here this is our put call skew in other words the difference between the implied volatility and the puts and the calls because we're using out of the money options Um, our asset price is on the spx is 29.55 so i'm just going to zoom in to 29.55 and we'll just take this level right here or this option right here you can see our and you can look if you look in the lower corner here Uh, lower corner over here, you can see the implied volatility in numbers. If we just go to this point here at 29.55, you can see that our June is 25.15. Our July is uh, 25.94. So our July is higher than our June. That's normal. It's called contango. Normally, we're about two points difference. If we're in a strong uptrending market, we'll be like two points or so difference. So one would be at 25, one might be at 27. Um, We're kind of tight, they're tight together in the marketplace, which is essentially, it indicates some stress on the marketplace. The other thing you might notice on the implied volatility skew curve is we're relatively flat or frown shaped in the line from here to here. You know, it's it's it goes up obviously, but but if if you're looking at a, at a straight line versus a smile line versus a frown line, we're kind of in a frown line, which is going to which is an indication that there's a lot of stress on the market, which we know there is because of what's going on in the news. Um, but that's an indication of that, and it's also and that in that frown shape curve is is what gives us cheap butterflies and broken wing butterflies that give us more credit. Um, that's the that's the reason we're getting them uh, is because of the is because of the curve profile not because of the absolute implied volatility level and uh, okay so so that's what we have to say this is normal and last week it was about the same it might be uh, it was about the same last week I don't think it was a whole lot different so this actually was it I'm trying to remember if it was in backwardation last week or not. I think it may have been in slight backwardation with the with the market down move, but it's it's straightened back out to where it was, say, two weeks ago. And this is relatively normal for the environment we've had lately. And so nothing, no, no warning signs there. And we can come over with a Russell. Oh, actually, I should be looking at this in on-demand, by the way. So let me go into on-demand for a second. We wanna know what this was like as of Friday. Because we don't want to use aftermarket aftermarket hours is not um, not valid. So here we are. That's last Friday at quarter quarter of, and let's see what they were like then. Let's zoom in on twenty nine fifty. Yeah, so we're about one point difference. That's a little tight, it's a little tight, but it's still, it's not in backwardation. It's, it's just a little bit of stress on the market. And you can definitely see um, the frown shape here if you look at it. If we go over to the Russell, and let's just look at the first two months here, June, July. And you can see the Russell is in backwardation, right? You see our, July, our June, which is in, the purple and our July, our June is higher than the July, which is in the blue. So, this is a market that's in backwardation. There's a lot of stress on that market. And we know that because the applied, we, we know that the, the Russell's been a little bit overreactive and um, it really hasn't come out of backwardation in this whole event since the crash. So, if we look here, the Russell's at 1351. Let's just zoom into that. 1351, which is right here. And we're in what, about two, little under two, about 1.8 points in backwardation. That is better than last week, but about the same as two weeks ago. Again, an indication of stress and the Russell's been in backwardation for quite some time. So um, nothing surprising there, but it, it, it backed out. It was four to six points in backwardation. Now it's only two. So again, Coming out that's called coming out of backwardation, so we were we were in very extreme backwardation and now we're kind of getting more towards normal so uh, when it's coming out of backwardation it's generally a bullish sign, although there's still a lot of tension in the market because it isn't coming out um, again that's a, a sign of fear that's bearish in my opinion the, the fact that it's the fact that it's going towards contango. We're coming out of backwardation is going, is, going to, is kind of bullish, but the fact it's still in backwardation again is more of a bearish sign. So we're getting conflicting signals there. So anyway, that is pretty much everything I have. It doesn't look like we had any questions here. I hope everybody enjoyed this today. And, of course, if you'd like to see this every week and get an update every week, then join. you can go ahead and join our Market Outlook membership or our Pro membership. It's included in either one of those. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed the open house. And thank you for joining me. Have a great week trading. Bye, everyone.